We're continuing our message series, Foundations of Faith. And in this series, we're, we're seeking to help build our understanding of our faith. But even more importantly, we want to build our practice of the faith, putting it into uh, application in our lives. So there's a big difference between knowing about something, knowing it intellectually, and putting it into practice. The difference between knowing and doing really confuses many people. The Bible talks about it in James chapter 1. I encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It looks like this. It has the outline with the verses written out. You can follow along there and uh, fill in the outline to have for something to study. James 1.22, James tells us, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. And so those who only listen to God's word, they only seek to understand it. The Bible says here they deceive themselves. Now, how are they deceived? Well, many people are deceived into thinking that simply hearing God's word and even understanding God's word brings a blessing. And James says, if you think that you hearing God's word blesses you, you are deceived. Where does the blessing come in? Well, the blessing comes as we not only hear and understand God's word, but we put it into practice. We do it. And Jesus taught on this in many occasions. The blessing comes in the doing of God's word. And we deceive ourselves, thinking even coming on Sunday morning, oh, that was great, I understand that word, I've, I, I really think it was good. If we don't put it into practice, if our lives don't change, we truly have not been blessed. Well, today we're going to talk about putting God's word into practice. The message is entitled, Walking with God. How do we walk with God? Now, the concept of walking with God is introduced way back in the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. Oftentimes, scholars call Genesis the seedbed of the Bible because many of the concepts of the Bible, concepts of knowing about God, are in their seed form in Genesis and then unpacked as we go through the Bible. So let's look at the concept of walking with God. Genesis 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife, that is Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And as we read the first three chapters of Genesis, we, we get the implication, it, it speaks to us, of Adam and Eve walking and talking with God in the Garden of Eden, in this paradise of God. God would come down, he'd walk in the garden and talk with them. But that was before they succumbed to the serpent's temptation. The verse that we read was after Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate from the forbidden fruit. And at that time, rather than walking and talking with God, they hid from God because they felt guilty. And so sin interrupted their relationship with God. It interrupted their walk with God. A couple chapters later, Genesis 5.24, Enoch walked with God. And then he was no more because God took him away. And so a man named Enoch that we know very little about walked so closely with God that God took him straight to heaven. 
One of the two examples in Scripture where a believer did not die physically. The other one was the prophet Elijah who was taken up to heaven in a fiery chariot. Genesis 6, verse 9. The next chapter, this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. And so here we have another example, Noah being righteous, blameless. It doesn't mean he was perfect, but he walked with God, and God chose Noah to restart civilization after the flood destroyed the earth. Noah was the one who restarted humanity after that judgment of God. And so what does it mean to walk with God? To walk with God is to have a constant awareness of God's presence with you. Secondly, to walk with God is to follow God's lead, to go where he directs. When we walk with God, we're not leading the way. God is leading the way. And if we're following him, we walk with him. Thirdly, to walk with God is to be in constant communication with him, listening to what he has to say, and responding back. And so we're going to learn how to walk with God, how to grow in our walk with God in these three ways today. First, we need to believe that God is always with us. John 6, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And so this verse tells us that God the Father had his eye on you. He was drawing you even before you were saved. God was working in your life. He was preparing you to believe in Jesus Christ even before you were ready to make that first step of faith. God was arranging circumstances. He was arranging relationships in your life to bring you to Jesus. And so God was working in your life even before you were saved. And he continues to work in your life and to be there for you after you surrender your life to Jesus Christ because Jesus himself lives in you by his spirit. John 14, 17, the world cannot accept him, the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And so these words in this verse were the words of Jesus to his disciples before his death and resurrection. Jesus was saying that his spirit was with them. But after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit would live inside of them. And after Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus imparted the spirit to his disciples before the day of Pentecost in John chapter 20, verse 22, where he commanded them to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was with the people in the Old Testament era He's with Jesus' disciples before he died and rose again. But after Jesus rose again, the Holy Spirit came to be inside, to live inside each and every believer. And so if you're a believer here this morning, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. In another message in the future, we're going to talk about receiving the empowerment of the Holy Spirit uh, that happened and it was initiated on the day of Pentecost which is something else. But Jesus lives in you if you're a believer here today. And as the Spirit lives inside of you, Jesus continually, God shows his love to you. Romans 5, 5 says, Hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom God has given us, whom he has given us. So if you're a believer here today, the Holy Spirit 
lives inside your heart. He's continually showing you his love. Seems like our worship songs this morning and God speaking to us was about his love. We need to be secure in his love. How does God show you his love? Well, as you walk with God, as you follow God's direction in your life, God protects you. God provides for you. God guides you. The spirit inside of you speaks to you and tells you that God loves you, that God cares about you, that God is going to take care of every aspect of your life. And the closer you walk with God, the more real his love for you becomes. And so to walk with God, we must believe that God is always with us. I'd like us to watch a short video entitled, I Am With You Always. God is with us at all times. And so how can you and I grow in knowing that God is with us? Well, it starts with beginning your day with a quiet time with God. Reading His Word, praying. We've been talking about this as we've been going through this series. And if you're not doing it regularly, I encourage you to read a chapter a day. Take 15 minutes of your time. Spend some time reading God's Word. Let Him speak to you and pray. If you're not regularly reading, I recommend beginning in the book of John. A good goal would be to read John chapter 1 through 6. <clears throat> and that's just the start of the day. That's just the start of the day, starting the day with a quiet time with God. But we need to be constantly in communication with God throughout the day, asking God to help you be aware of His presence, asking God to guide you, asking God to help you with your work, help you with your family, Ask, thanking Him for the blessings that He's brought into your life, praying for others around you. Prayer is not just for times of trouble. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. That's part of walking with God, training ourselves to be in constant communication with God. You can pray silently. You know, you don't have to fold your hands, close your eyes, and bow your head to pray. You can pray with your eyes open. You can pray in your mind. God can hear your thoughts. You can pray in the middle of a tough meeting at work. God, I don't know what to say right here. Please tell me. You can pray when you're dealing with a customer. You can pray on your job. You can pray as you're driving your car. God wants us to learn to walk with Him as He's always with us each and every minute of the day. Encourage others that God is with them as well. And if God is with you, then you can do everything with God. Let's look at the example of Jesus in Luke chapter 6. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he also designated apostles. And so Jesus is our example. He's our example of doing everything with God. In this case, Jesus had a very important decision to make. Of all the disciples following him, he had to choose 12 to be his apostles. It was a very important decision. So how did Jesus go about making that decision? Well, it says that he spent all night praying and seeking God's guidance. Now, I might have thought God could have rattled out those names to Jesus in 60 seconds. You know, it's James, John, and these are the people, but 
Jesus took all night praying to God, discerning the will of God for this important decision of who he was going to work with. It's an example to us that in every decision we need to ask for, we need to seek God's guidance, doing everything with God, joining in what God is doing. Jesus said in John 5, 19, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And so Jesus didn't do anything on his own initiative. Jesus looked to his father. He wanted to see what the father was doing and then he joined in in doing the same thing. You see, God is actively engaged in our world. He's not just out there in the distance somewhere. He's actively engaged in things all around us. He's engaged in the people. He's constantly working. He's constantly doing things through His Spirit. And our task is to see what God is doing and join in with Him rather than doing our own thing. And that's what the picture of walking with God is all about, isn't it? As we're walking with God, as we're aware of His presence with us, we get better at seeing what God is doing. We get better at seeing what is God doing in my family? What is God doing at my workplace? What is God doing in my neighborhood? How can I join in with what God is doing? How can I participate with Him? Jesus gives another illustration of what walking with God is all about in John 15. As we need to remain in Him. He says, remain, some translations say abide. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Underline that word, nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing of any value. Oh, we can do all kinds of things, but it won't have value. And so in this example, Jesus is the vine, the grapevine, and the believers are the branches on the vine. And the fruit or the grapes are produced by the branches. Now, if a branch is cut off from the grapevine, what happens? There can be no fruit produced, no grapes produced. And so the branches must stay connected to the vine at all times. And so apart from Jesus, if we're disconnected from Jesus, who is the vine, we can do nothing. And so this command here is to remain, to abide in Jesus. Now, how do we do that? How do we remain? How do we abide in Jesus? Well, we remain in him as we keep on believing, as we keep on trusting. We remain in him as we remain in his word, continually reading his word, listening to his voice, speaking to us. We remain in him as we keep on obeying him. As we keep on doing the things he says, we remain in him as we avoid sin, avoid disobeying him. And when we do that, the promise is that we'll bear much fruit. Our lives will have purpose. Our lives will fulfill the reason that God created us. Bearing fruit is doing the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Works that bring glory to God and expand his kingdom. So we are to do everything with God. So let's apply these principles to the plus one challenge that we've been talking about this year. 
The plus one challenge is to ask God to help you add one person to our church in the year 2016. It's part of obeying Jesus' command to make disciples, to go and make disciples. Now, it's come to my attention there's a little bit of confusion about the plus one challenge. It's adding one person. Now, some people say, well, I, I, I can't talk to that person because of such and so, or I can't talk to this person because of such and so. Well, the person that you help add to the church could be a believer or they could be an unbeliever. The person that you help add to the church could be got going to any church or they could be going to another church. There are unbelievers who go to church. Did you know that? Yeah. Not every church is preaching the gospel and there are unbelievers in churches that preach the gospel. There are believers who don't go to church. Anybody been like that? I think we have a few here. There are, un there are believers that don't go to church. There are believers who God is calling to life church from both good and not so good churches. And so invite everybody. And say, I can't invite this person because of such and so. Invite everybody. Tell people about the good things God is doing here. Invite them to check us out. Because God is working in everyone's life. And our task is to see what God is doing in other people's lives and help those people take the next step in their spiritual journey. Some people are really far from God. They're not even believers. And we need to take them to believing God exists. And then take them to knowing who Jesus is. And then take them to accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But that's not the end. And people need to grow in their life with God and begin walking with God. They need to be filled with the Spirit. They need to be witnessing for Him. And so there's continually stages of growth. And so our task is to see what God is doing in other people's lives and help move them in their journey to fulfill God's purpose for their life. Finally, in walking with God, we must learn to discern God's voice. 1 John 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And so basically, when one is praying, when one is attempting to walk with God, there are a number of voices that you can hear. You can hear your own voice. Your own voice is what you want to do, and sometimes that voice is pretty loud. You can hear the voices of other people telling you to do this, telling you to do that, whether people you know personally or voices that you read about or hear. You may hear the voices of evil spirits. Evil spirits are very real. They tempt us. They seek to speak to us and guide us, lead us away from the will of God in our lives. Or you may hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. And the number of people, including believers, who get in trouble by following the wrong, listening to the wrong voices is, is huge. And so what these verses tell us is that we must judge these voices or these spirits that speak to us. We judge them by the word of God. What is these voices that are speaking to me? Are they saying, is it in 
accordance with God's word or is it contradictory to God's word? And so in order to do that, we need to know God's word, don't we? The most important truth in God's word contain, concerns who is Jesus? Fully God, fully man. Jesus come in the flesh. And so we need to know God's word. We need to be familiar with the voice of his spirit. Learning to discern God's voice. And as we do that, we need to be careful to confess our sins. 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. As we walk with God, we grow in our walk with God. And yet from time to time, we slip into sin. And when we slip into sin, it, as we saw in the beginning with Adam and Eve, it interrupts our walk with God. And so we need to confess our sins and get, receive God's forgiveness and get back on track. Because if we continue in unconfessed sin, we're going to be susceptible to hearing voices that are not from God that will lead us further down the track of sin away from God. And so it's important to quickly confess our sins. And as we listen for God's voice, God is going to assure us not only of his love for us, but of our salvation. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And so God wants you to know that you're a child of God. God wants you to be secure in your salvation. He's speaking to you if you have ears to hear. God wants you to know that you're saved. It's not a prideful thing to know that you've experienced God's grace and God's forgiveness. And finally, we, we discern God's voice. We need to listen to the Spirit's guidance. John 14, 26, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And so there are many things that God wants to teach you. Many things that God not only wants you to know, but he wants you to experience. He wants you to live out. And he's going to do that through the voice of the Holy Spirit if you have ears to hear. The Spirit will remind you of things that you've read in the Bible. Of course, you have to have read the Bible in the first place to be reminded. The Holy Spirit will remind you of things you've heard in the past that you need for a specific situation that you are in in the present. And so we, as we walk with God, we must learn to discern God's voice, to hear His voice. Not just on Sunday mornings, each and every day in our quiet time with Him, and all through the day, listening for the voice of God. One of the practices that I've done for many years When I was in graduate school, I was discipled by a couple. And one of the things that they taught me was that in my quiet time with God, I should write down what I believe God was speaking to me. And I've been doing that for many years. As I read my Bible, as I pray, I open the ears of my heart and say, God, what are you saying to me today? And then I write down what I think God is saying to me. It's been very helpful, and I'm not the only one. This has been a practice of many men and women of God down through the years. 
And I can look over what I've written. I can see if it's consistent with Scripture. I can see if what God has told me, I can look back on it and see how it's fulfilled, how God has been true to His Word. And as the Bible is God's Word, the more familiar you are with God's Word, the easier it is to distinguish God's voice because God, as He speaks to us, will never contradict His Word. And so today we've talked about walking with God. We must believe that God is always with us. He's with us each and every moment of the day. And as it were, practice the presence of God. Practice being aware of God's presence. Now, hopefully you're aware of God's presence this morning. You're thinking about God. He's on your mind. And try to keep that awareness through the rest of Sunday. And start it again Monday in the morning with quiet time with God. And keep it throughout the day. Remind yourself. Have some type of reminder to remind yourself that God is with you. There are different ways you can do that. In order to walk with God, God wants us to do everything with Him. Wherever you go in life this week, God is there. God is doing something and He wants you to join in. He wants you to participate with Him. Not to do your own thing, to join in with what God is doing. In order to walk with God, we must learn to distinguish God's voice from all the other voices that are clamoring for our intention. God intended for us to walk with God. That's what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden in paradise. That's what we're going to do for eternity, but he wants us to walk with God here and now in this life. It's the most exciting adventure in the world as we grow in our walk with God. Now, at the bottom of your outline is an action plan for the week. We're trying to be very specific with our action plans so we can put them into practice so that we can do the Word of God. The first one is to have a daily quiet time of Bible reading and prayer. Again, when we did a survey a little over a year ago, the majority of people were not having a daily quiet time of reading God's Word and praying. So if you're not doing it, we encourage you to begin. And if you're not regularly reading, we'd encourage you to begin in John. Uh, it's, we're going to be teaching a lot from the book of John in this series and uh, read a chapter a day. And secondly, keep a journal of your quiet time. We'd encourage you to seek to hear what God is speaking to you. Don't just read your chapter and check off Okay, I read a chapter today. I get a brownie point with God. Uh, you're deceived if just reading God's Word is all you do, right? We read this in James. We read God's Word, why? So that we can change what we do in our lives. So we can change what we practice. So that we can apply it. And so after we read God's Word, we say, God, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to apply it to my life? And then write down what you hear God saying to you. On the back of your outline is a little format that you can write. I, some people maybe can type it in a computer. I, old-fashioned, I still write it in a little book. You can buy a little book somewhere to write it down. And uh, I write down things like a date and time. This is uh, 
I'll just add this in. This is how we disciple our children. So they have journal books, and we meet with them, and we say, how did you do in your Bible reading this week? And we can see how they did. They have the date and time that they read, and if they didn't read every day, then we talk to them about it. We know what's hindering you spending your time with God. How can we improve this? How can we work with you? Write the passage you read, then what did I learn? And how it applies to my life. What is God teaching me here? What am I going to do different? And then spend some time in praying uh, for the needs that you have in your life and thanking God for his answers. And so those are specific concrete things that each and every believer should be practicing in your life in order to grow, growing and walking with God. So how do you begin to walk with God? Well, it begins with becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, the way you become a follower of Jesus is simply to A, admit that you've sinned and that you've been following your own plan for your life. B, believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross, that your sins might be forgiven, that he rose from the dead. Put your trust in him and C, commit your life to following him as your Lord and Savior. And so let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. If you've never prayed a prayer like this, I'd encourage you to pray with me, or you may want to recommit your life. Uh, perhaps you made a decision a long time ago, and yet this morning you realize you're not really walking with God, and you want to recommit your life to Him this morning. I'd encourage you to pray with me. Say something like this, Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've not been walking with You. I've been walking on my own path. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven, rose from the dead, and is alive today. Come into my life. I commit myself to following Jesus as my Lord and Savior, to doing what He tells me to do all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.